You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 16, Two Ways to Care for a Missionary. Before we get into today's relationship topic, and as we did last week, I'd like to read a few listener reactions to some of our earlier episodes. Since our focus today is on missionaries, I'll read comments today from two former missionaries and one current global Christian worker. The first one is from a missionary who served in Asia and is now living in Germany. She responded to episode 9, Shadows Connect Us With Each Other. She writes, I was touched by the point you made about healing takes time. It sums up last year's journey for me in a nutshell. Yeah, isn't that true? We sometimes think that healing can take place much more quickly than it usually does. Another former missionary now living in California who works in member care with a large mission agency responded to episode 10, Two Features of Every Good Relationship. She writes, If we have an equal, deeply trusting relationship, we'd better hang on to it. It is rare. Boy, that's true. She goes on to say, Some people simply are not capable of making deep relationships, and to expect more of them is unrealistic. It could be that by loving modeling, I can bring them along on the relational road. If that's the case, I would normally expect to give more than my share. How interesting. I love that phrase, the relational road. And then finally, a current missionary who served in Asia for over 30 years and is now on the executive leadership team of his large mission agency in Florida, writes the following. Hey, just listen to your latest episode. Thank you for your kind, heartfelt messages about such an important subject, relationships. Well, I have to go now off to a full day of meetings and relationships here. I laughed when I read that, relationships and meetings. You know, meetings can either break a relationship or they can really um, make it uh, even better. Relationships and meetings. Hmm. We'll read more listener responses from time to time. I would love to hear from more of you about what you find encouraging and helpful in our time together. Your feedback could encourage others. Well, on to today's topic, two ways to care for a missionary. We talk about relationships here all the time in this podcast, and one relationship I find especially interesting is the relationship between missionaries and the people back home who support and care for them. Let me start by telling you a story of two missionaries my wife Janet and I have come to know and love. We'll call them Larry and Jill. Not because we're trying to protect their confidentiality, but just because that really is what their names are, Larry and Jill. We first met them at a missions emphasis week at a church we were attending about 20 years ago. It was a large church supporting a large number of missionaries at the time. At one of the nightly services during the Missions Emphasis Week, the congregation was encouraged to sign up to host one or more of the church's missionaries for lunch or dinner. So Janet and I went out into the lobby, looked over the sign-up sheets, and we found one that uh, listed a missionary couple, but no one had invited them for dinner. 
we didn't know them from Adam, much less anything about them, but we decided to take the plunge and invite them over. Well, when we met for the first time, we immediately clicked with them, and that started a journey of friendship with them that, after all these years, shows no sign of letting up. I'll share just one event that speaks volumes as to why we love these two people so much. In 2003, Larry and Jill celebrated 30 years of missionary service in Asia, and they sent a letter to the people on their mailing list where they said, and I'm going to quote it now, On March 16, 1973, we stepped off the plane in steamy, tropical Borneo, Indonesia, with $75 in our pocket and $100, quote, promised, unquote, month's support, and this rock-solid guarantee from the Lord Jesus ringing in our hearts, I will always be with you. He who brought the universe into existence by the word of his mouth certainly could have promised us anything under the sun. Total job satisfaction, steady income, comprehensive health coverage, big bonuses, great retirement benefits, but this was his best offer. I will always be with you. Then he made sure that the next 30 years were filled with opportunities for us to decide over and over again whether that simple promise was enough. So on our 30-year anniversary of service in Asia, we humbly join our voices with those down through the ages who have said with glad hearts, He truly is more than enough. Well, who wouldn't want to care and support people like this? I love how in their letter they talk about humbly joining our voices with people who have come before them. Um, They have a sense of history, a sense of destiny, a sense of God's purpose. And words like that and just how they live do so much to encourage me and encourage Janet to live a full, meaningful life. And they do it most of the time without ever saying a word about it. You're encouraged just by watching them and becoming more like them. Well, they're probably blushing now as they hear this, but it's true, it's true. I hope you have a rich relationship with a missionary like Janet and I have with these two. If you don't, look for one. There are more people like Larry and Jill out there than you realize. They're all over the place, maybe under a rock or behind a bush. They're there if you look for them. To care and relate well to missionaries like Jill and Larry, and anyone for that matter, it's important that we first think in two very broad principles. The first is this, know them. Ask yourself, from what I know of these people, regardless of how little that might be, what must life be like for them? Considering this question will get you started on beginning to know them. To know someone like this is to anticipate their needs and not just wait for them to tell you. I remember a few years ago, we had a missionary couple stop in to see us who had just gotten back from Central Asia. I had visited them earlier and brought some stuff back for them, and they came to pick it up. Well, when they came to pick it up, we found out that the church that had been sponsoring them had set them up with housing and food and uh, and beds in the in the kids' rooms, but one thing they forgot were bed sheets. So when they saw this room, uh, the bedrooms, uh, they didn't have any sheets. Someone had forgotten to anticipate the needs. Um, understandably so, because there's just a lot of things to consider. But when we care well for people, we anticipate what they might be needing. 
Another component of this know them principle is simply to ask. Ask what ministers most to them. Nothing wrong with doing that. Another way to know them is to observe them. Take note of what interests them. What do they talk about? What do they like? I remember when Jill and Larry would come to visit us, and they did that occasionally, uh, sometimes for weeks and one time for several months. Jill really liked ice. They had been living in the Philippines at the time where ice was a uh, rare commodity, and so we just kind of loaded her up with ice every, every chance we got. Here's more ice. Here's more ice, because that is what Jill really liked. Another way we can really get to know someone, especially a missionary, is simply to pray and to ask God what you could do to care for them. Ask him for help. You might also want to think in terms of Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. I'll have a link to the book and information about this concept in the show notes below. You know, he has sold over 11 million copies of his book. I wonder if he ties on the book sales, but that's irrelevant. It's a very useful concept that we all speak one or more of five love languages. If we get to know a missionary well enough, we should be able to pick out what we think are the love languages that they speak and then respond accordingly. So that's the first broad principle, know them. The second broad principle is know yourself. Reflect on what relationship skills come naturally for you. Ask yourself, what am I good at? How has God gifted me in caring for people? What comes easy for me? Am I good at very practical things like handyman projects? Do I enjoy cooking and preparing meals for people? Or am I just good at listening and talking? Ask ourselves, what comes hard for me? What's more difficult for me? How might God be calling me to stretch myself and develop new relationship skills? What might he be calling me to do that's out of my comfort zone. What are my priorities right now, knowing they can change at any minute? Because every time I say yes to something, it means I'm saying no to something else. All of this is to know yourself. So to care well for missionaries, we need to start with these two broad principles, know them, know yourself. After this, then consider the practical things you can do to care specifically for missionaries and think in terms of a continuum of care. Think of what you can do to care for people as a horizontal line representing a continuum. On the left side would be things that require very little of us, but at the same time would help make a missionary feel cared for. It could be something as simple as when you run into them, say, Welcome back. We've had missionaries tell us that something simple like this has truly made them feel welcome. And it's something very easy. It doesn't require a lot. So that's on the left side of the continuum. On the right side of this horizontal line would be activities that would require a great involvement and investment on our part. Something like arranging for counseling for a missionary couple at a residential treatment center. You know, the logistics of that is uh, quite large, and the expense uh, certainly so. But that's on the right-hand side of the continuum that involves a great deal of our personal investment. There are all kinds of other things along this continuum that we can do that fit in between these two extremes. Moving from left to right along this continuum 
are activities like this. Now, now I'll have these listed in the show notes at the end of the episode, and they're just, they're just examples. Well, over on the left-hand side, the one that requires less involvement would be to reply to their email updates and prayer letters. I don't know how many times we've told missionaries that they really appreciate it when people do respond back to their uh, updates that they send out, because they often wonder, is anybody even reading them? Another thing you can do is, rather than waiting for them to email you, you can email them with news from back home. You can mail a note or a letter of encouragement, actually using the Postal Service. You can pray for them. And then when they are back in your area, invite them to your home for dinner. If that's not possible, certainly to a restaurant, but dinner at someone's home is is preferable. As you can see now, we're moving along to the right and getting a little more uh, involvement from our from ourselves. Another thing you can do is to is to send a care package to them overseas. You can send them money. One really helpful thing to do is to invite their missionary kid who's in college to your home for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I remember one time we were talking with a missionary couple and. And she was saying that that uh, that the thing that really made them feel most cared for by their church was when people in the church cared for their children. She said, you know, when you love my baby, you love me, even if my baby is 22 years old and is a junior in college. When you love my baby, you love me. Another practical thing that can be done is to call them overseas once a week. Uh, I have a friend who uh, was a missionary in in Bosnia for a number of years, and he told me he felt most cared for when a guy from his church would call him every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m., 6.30 his time. He said, you know, sometimes those conversations would last for 30 seconds. Other times we might go on for an hour. But he said, I plan my week around being home for uh, my friend calling me uh, at 6:30 every every Wednesday, and you know, with the internet now, you can and in Skype, you can make those calls uh, essentially for free. You know, it used to be like a dollar a minute to make a phone call. Now, now they're free. Another uh, thing that we can do, another way that we can care for a missionary, is to start a prayer group for them. Now, that's going to require a lot of investment in, in time to gather people together, to set up a schedule, to gather prayer requests. But it's something that can be very helpful and very meaningful to a missionary when you start a prayer group for them. You can send them to a retreat, pay for their tuition. You can travel to visit them overseas. I remember one time a missionary told me, uh, she said, you know, I never really cared for care packages that our church would send us because the thing that they mailed to us, I could get within three blocks of our house and at a much cheaper rate, and the postage wasn't uh, involved at all. But what really ministered to me was when people would come and visit us. She told us, uh, her and her husband shared a story one time of uh, one of the elders from their church who uh, was traveling on business uh, in Europe. And, on his, and she said on their way home, he stopped in to spend a week with us. Well, they lived in Ankara, Turkey. And Ankara, Turkey is on the eastern end of Turkey, and it's nowhere near on the way home from Western Europe back to the States. But 
uh, he took time out of his vacation schedule to do, to do that. And she said it was just very, very meaningful. They didn't build anything. They didn't do a VBS. They didn't, uh, no handyman projects. He just hung out with them. And I just thought, what a, what a great, great idea. Another thing we can do is just listen to them. So many missionaries have stories that they're just dying to share, but people uh, are too busy to listen. If you listen to them, that ministers to them. For, for global workers that are having difficulties, um, you can refer them to a local, local counselor when they're back on furlough. And when they're back on furlough, you can meet with them on a weekly basis. Now, that's getting way to the, to the right end of the continuum. But it's still something that we can do if God has wired you to do that and has called you to do that, and if he's stretching you to do that, and if it's even easy for you to do that. So these are just a few examples of what we can do practically to care for missionaries once we know them and once we know ourselves and our capabilities, our limitations, and where God might be calling us to stretch ourselves. When we put into practice what we've talked about, our life will broaden and expand. We'll learn about people and places we'll never visit ourselves. And we'll create opportunities to enrich our life with relationships like Janet and I have with Larry and Jill. In caring for missionaries this way, we will exercise our what I call relationship muscles as we practice our relationship skills that we've talked about in recent episodes. The more you exercise these muscles, the more developed they will become. Now before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sentence. When we truly know a missionary and accurately know ourselves, the way we can best care for global Christian workers will really become obvious. Well, how can you respond to today's show? I would say, ask God to show you a missionary you can reach out to that he wants you to know better. It can be a missionary you already know or someone like Jill and Larry who at first will be strangers to you. After that, take some time to know yourself and what you're capable of in terms of caring for the missionary God is calling you to initiate with. The practical outworking of how you care for that missionary will simply fall into place. Next week, as always, we'll be considering ways we can transform our relationships into the best they can be. And now our quote of the week. It is absolutely crucial to keep in constant touch with what is going on in your life story and to pay close attention to what is going on in the stories of others' lives. If God is present anywhere, it is in those stories that God is present. If God is not present in those stories, well, then they are scarcely worth telling. And that comes from Frederick Beekner, a theologian and, and author. Thank you for listening in to today's episode. You know, I'd love to hear from you about anything relationship-related. You can leave your thoughts or questions in the comment box in the show notes, or you can send an email to me at john at caringforothers.org. You can also private message me in Facebook. If you think today's episode might encourage others who care for missionaries, please forward this episode on to them. If you or your organization would like to know more about caring for missionaries, we are available to put on workshops on this topic for churches and mission agencies. 
you can contact us through our missionary care ministry, Caring for Others. See the show notes below for how you can reach us. Until next time, make the world a better place, one relationship at a time. Bye for now.